a man can see a woman in a bathing suit all, any day he wants. He can just go to the pool and see her. What he wants is when she takes that bathing suit off to have it be something like where he's like, aha, like I saw something, something sensationally different. Yeah. Right. He wants to like see, he wants to really like get in there. And so like if, the, if it's totally boring, it's like, well, I mean, it's kind of cute and attractive in certain ways, but like when it's something that like, yeah, she's been hiding this thing from everyone else. And then you're the one who sees it. Like that feels very penetrative. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships using candor and humor that is sometimes controversial, but usually in good faith. Today, we're going to have what I anticipate to be an extensive conversation on vagina smell, uh, a bit on vagina look as well. We'll talk about what could make prostitutes more intriguing. We'll talk about loss of control and bondage and much more. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Mike, I'm here to let you know I enjoyed your solo episode last week. Oh, that's great. Good to hear it. Was there anything in particular that uh, that turned you on? Um, nothing or off. turned me on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought it felt more organized than your last solo episode and, uh, enjoyed various, uh, topics. Like for example, you had a question where a woman was wondering how she could make herself fillet things more comfortably. I think she complained she had a gag reflex issue or something. Do you remember this? That conversation. I do. And I revealed that I had uh, tried this with some kind of a dildo in my life. Yeah, I guess with a dildo. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to uh, double click on that. So uh, <laughs> like I have never tasted my own semen, I have also never filleted anything. Okay. That is not exactly true. I have yeah. like with a banana for like a second, but I've never given it like a real effort. You know, I've never like tried to trigger my gag reflex or like actually done like I've I've done it like sort of like mockingly or performatively just for a moment, but I've never certainly gotten a dildo and, and done like a little scientific experiment, like it sounds you have. Well, I mean a couple things about this. One is I didn't buy or have obtained or have access to the dildo specifically for this maneuver. It was just uh-huh. available to me in a certain situation. And um, <laughs> I think I did. I would say that I get, it was more than just like a joke. I like was curious to see like what various sensations were, would be triggered. And as I mentioned on the show, like the problem was that it was it like it absorbed lubrication so that it was quite dry. I was surprised by the mm. uh, extent to which the lack of lubrication made it extremely uncomfortable. I didn't then say, oh, I'm going to lubricate it or you know, see what it's like to really jam this home. I think because there's no, yeah, there's no value to doing such a thing. I've also tried to do that with a banana before. It's the same curiosity, mm-hmm. but in all cases, it's been pretty uncomfortable. And I think it's only something that you would want to perfect if it were uh, useful in your life somehow. So I've gone no further. Do you think that women start with some sort of low skill in this area and then can train up to high skill. Yes. Forget definitely. For, okay, for, forget um technique uh cuz technique can obviously be improved. But what about just physical ability to perform the physical moves needed to be done? Definitely. I mean, I think that I huh. think that uh there it's not particularly natural to like there might even be some sort of like fear reaction, but certainly a gag reflex when something's put far back in your throat. You have to know what to do with your tongue, which I actually don't know exactly. I've seen uh, videos where women suggest that kind of sticking your tongue out actually is sort of helpful. 
Um, uh-huh. yeah, just generally kind of becoming familiar with the different experience, uh, different feelings. And I know that uh, a common, somewhat common thing for women to do is to sort of use their toothbrush. Like it's like a, you can desensitize yourself or sort of, you know, have oh. some sense, but certainly, I mean, look, if, if it's something you're doing somewhat frequently, it makes sense to, well, at a minimum, you're going to get better at it just naturally, but it also makes sense to reduce the discomfort to the extent there is some. Okay. I guess it's a little bit, this is dark, but it's sort of like a bulimic can get really good at bulimia. She can get to a point where it's really easy for her to regurgitate or throw up the food she's eaten. Uh, and so sure. I guess the person can get better at suppressing her gag reflex and whatever other things need to be done to approach oral with enthusiasm rather than trepidation. Uh, okay. Uh, you also, I don't remember the context, unfortunately, maybe you do. You were I talking will. about prostitutes and <laughs> why they are sort of uncompelling to you. There, there's something about knowing that they've been with a, a bunch of other men. Do you remember that? Discussion. Oh, well, that's a very, I mean, I, that's, that's a feeling. It's a very deep seated. And I do remember discussing it. Sure. Okay. I also feel some ickiness towards prostitutes. Uh, and I spent a lot of time thinking, I went on a couple runs last week. I think I spent the majority of both runs turning this over in my mind. What could be done to make prostitutes more interesting to, to you or me? Well, I, I, I mean, the one idea that I've come and I, we've actually discussed this before. I'm not sure if we've discussed it on the show, but I had the idea that uh, a while back that if a man was very, was truly wealthy, a truly wealthy man, he could have some kind of a personal assistant that hires prostitutes. And the specific thing is like, maybe he doesn't know it's happening, meaning the wealthy guy yeah. doesn't know that he's, okay, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let me just finish for the, for the listeners so they know what the story is. And then- <clears throat> The way the experience as the very wealthy person that you would have is you go to a bar and there are just women who uh, approach you and want to date you and, and to be to be or you know whatever seem very interested with in you sexually and to be fair uh, I've uh, a couple of times or th- maybe three times had discussions with uh, with with colleagues or people friends where they would go to uh, either in Las Vegas or in Los Angeles and get like bottle service at a club or a bar. And basically have this experience because the bottle service right. is so outrageously expensive that it suggests that you have money and women actually will uh, come over and and apparently then it leads to sexual escapades. And of course, you don't know the body count of said women. Right. Right. Okay. So the two things that make prostitutes less compelling to me, maybe there's more, but the two main ones are one, uh, they've slept with a lot of other men. There's some ickiness associated with that, uh, perhaps recently, which makes it, which amps it up even more. And two, they don't like you. And so the ego component of, uh, a sexual encounter where, yeah, you think they want it from you is, is totally lost. And so, yeah, I mean that, that discussion, you, yeah, that little thing you just said is, is, addresses too, which is, yeah, you want, you want to be able, you want your mind to believe that they want to be there. They're not just doing it for the money. I know. I also know from, from reading like the having fun hobbying subreddit, I mean, actually, no, that's not the one there's, there's two subreddits that are relevant here, sex workers and (laughs) sex workers only. I'm not totally clear on the difference between the two, but, uh, 
sex workers only does seem to be a little more unfiltered. Uh, so maybe maybe they boot out people that are not like that. Say they're male on their profile. How did you get anyway, in? I, I I didn't. You can just go to sex workers only and read it. Oh, okay. Uh, I did get All I right. got banned from Cam Girl Problems or whatever that one was because I right I, I right don't get into that again. But I got banned from that one anyway. Um, so. So the thing I want to say is that from reading those, I actually think that this is a general thing I've experienced in my life that I often do too much research into things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's better to not know how something works. For example, like placebos with drugs. Like if you know a lot about the placebo effect, I suspect yeah. I can't prove this, but I suspect that someone who knows a lot about the placebo effect, it's I'm sure it still works on them, but less because you have this knowledge. And I've, I've experienced things kind of similar to that before. Um, and the thing I learned from the sex worker subreddit is that, uh, these women really will see, like they may book up guys an hour at a time and have like four guys a night. Right. So then you're, you're, you're talking about very recent, uh, activity that you have to contend with. Yeah. I mean, that's the nightmare scenario. I think I could at least pretend to myself that the person is clean enough I mean, the nightmare is that you're like swishing around in some other dude's semen. Like that is, that is, <laughs> you want to avoid that maximally. Why does that then, bother you so much just out of curiosity? I don't know. It feels revolting. There's some, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. It's like some an biological threesome. Reason. Yeah. I mean, there's some <laughs> biological reason, right? I don't want to be competing, I guess. Um, although. Going last is obviously better than going first. Biologically. I don't know. Unless the sperm's already gotten up there and fertilized the egg. Anyway, in any case, I don't want to be dealing with some other dude's actual semen. But even if you remove that, like even if I can be positive that she like, you know, douched and it's been 72 hours or whatever, or a week or whatever it is that you need to decide that the vagina is physically fresh enough. There's still this notion of she's been with hundreds of men thousands, whatever it may be, that is sort of problematic. Right. Yeah. The, and, um, and also the, the empathy, uh, you called it ego, but you could have considered empathy that like, you know, she doesn't actually want to be doing it. And so you're forcing someone, although on the flip side of that, I mean, if you buy a massage, like the person doesn't really want to be massaging you, they'd rather take your money and just run away. Uh, one other thing I would mention is that, um, I actually had an experience in college with a, uh, a female partner who, uh, in very quick succession, it dated three different men, uh, and I was one of them, boys, whatever. Yeah. And uh, we we knew each other, and so we decided to discuss it. Okay. And uh, 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 the guy, so the, and it's interesting, the guy who had gone first, his al- almost entire contribution to the conversation was just to repeatedly tell us that he was first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was really yeah. proud of that. I mean, he should have been. That is a, it's a good troll. He's, he's, he's right to be <laughs> proud of that and yeah, good on him. Yeah. yeah twisting the knife there. I think I do have a possible solution to this. I okay. think it's something, uh, with using seeking.com or one of the sugar baby sugar daddy websites. I think what you would need to do is go on a bunch of dates, you know, go on one every night or whatever. Assume you have infinite resources at your disposal here. So you could tell the women, look, uh, I will pay you, 
several hundred dollars uh, to have lunch or dinner with me. And if we, you know, get along, great, we'll see each other again. And if we don't, we'll, we'll just move on. And then you can basically vet them, right? So like, that'll be enough money to get basically anyone out of bed and out of their apartment and, and get them to meet you. And then sure, there's going to be some failure rate where, you know, maybe nine out of 10, I don't, I don't know what the ratio would be, probably has something to do with who you are as a person, but some some percentage of those women will actually, you know, quote unquote, fall for you and actually like you, or you'll at least be able to pretend to yourself that they do. And, you know, the exercise of going out to dinner with a bunch of attractive, but potentially not into you women would be kind of annoying, but it might also be kind of fun if you view it as, you know, like a pageant or something. Uh, there is so there is a, a substantial usage I know from reading of seeking arrangement for effectively escorts. I would point out, however, that you uh, have violated all three of the maxims, all, all three elements of the maxim of the having fun hobbying subreddit, which are value, volume, and variety. Right. And I think you actually have violated all three. So these these are people who want to have sex with a different woman every night. But uh, they've gotten over they those men have somehow gotten over the. Uh, the stigma. Yeah. The problem of not finding it as compelling to sleep with women who are obviously not into you. And they don't mind swimming in another man's seed. Right. Yeah. I guess they've gotten yeah. over problems one and two. So, That's right. Yeah. I think my strategy addresses both of those. Like you could just pick women that seem uh, fresh and you could, uh, if you see enough of them, you'll, you can decide which ones you think are actually into you. I think we agree on this. You're basically advocating for sugar daddying instead of prostitutes. Yeah. At least to meet, to meet my needs. Sure. Uh, which, you know, maybe I should just try to get over one and two, but I mean, I, and I, well, no, I think that it's, it goes beyond that. I actually think that with a sugar baby, I mean, you can see this on the, uh, sugar lifestyle forum subreddit f- plenty. Often they do actually kind of fall for the guy to some extent, not always, but it often happens. And, um, the, the woman, it makes sense logically benefits from having an arrangement with one person instead of having a lot of different clients or whatever. So you get yeah. actually both of those and it's, it's optimal for both people. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can detect if someone I'm seeing is philandering. I don't know if philander is the right word there is, is milling about with other gentlemen. Is there some sort of finger test you do to the, <laughs> the vulva or vagina? No, there is no gynecological exam that can tell me this. Unfortunately. You can just tell emotionally. I feel like it. Yeah. You can, I don't know, maybe I'm overly sensitive or maybe I'm like over, overly fitting a line here, but I feel like you could just tell from texting patterns. Uh, like people, women in particular have like a texting signature, uh, you know, like you'll, you'll message them and they'll message back you know, on average in some amount of time or with, with certain amount of enthusiasm or, or characters or sentences. And when that cadence is broken to me, it's like super obvious. Hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm able to detect uh, shenanigans potentially going on that way. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm better at that or worse at that than most, but I, I think I can tell. Sure. But but of course, everyone who's been cheated on probably thinks they can tell. So yeah, I'm not sure. All right, let's move on. Um, when you were living in France, did you ever go to one of these cabarets 
I'm not sure what they call like Moulin Rouge or the Lido or anything like that. I did not because they're for tourists and they're extremely expensive. Yeah. Now, some French person will be like, oh, no, that's not true. They're not all for tourists. But like the ones Keith's talking about are for tourists. Yeah. The two I mentioned are the two most popular. The Lido is literally like halfway down the Champs-Élysées. It's $150 a person. Uh, The Moulin Rouge is at the bottom of Montmartre. Am I saying that right? No. Okay. Bottom. I didn't know there was uh, a... I didn't know there was a cabaret halfway down the Champs Elysees. Yeah, there is, and it's expensive. <laughs> um, and Moulin then, Rouge you know, is, yeah, Montmartre. Right, of course, and of, of course, it's it's expensive. Uh, Alyssa and I went to the Crazy Horse, which I in think... San Francisco that's a uh, that's a that's <laughs> that's a down and dirty strip club. Not let's let's yes. hear about it. I'm not sure about the history here, but I think all of the strip clubs named Crazy Horse are sort of. A, a nod or a reference to the Parisian cabaret, but okay. the crazy horse is famous or infamous, I suppose, for being the only one that has actual nudity. So in the Moulin Rouge, the women all wear like tassels on their nipples, but at the crazy horse, all of the women are nude for basically the whole show. And are, are they full nude or just topless? No, no, just topless. Okay. The show was interesting in that, Apparently, the way they hire for it is they basically measure the women's bodies and they need to have certain ratios and sizes. They all need to have basically large B or small C breasts. Uh, They measure their areola so that they're all, there's some perfect or proportion of areola size they've decided is perfect. They they care about areola color. Uh, Their hair all needs to be a certain length. Uh, Does that mean they all have to be Caucasian? That's a, sounds not very woke. I believe. To me. I believe so. I, I'm trying to remember if there was, you know, a token. Um, I don't think there was. I think they were all Caucasian. Okay. Um, I don't remember. Alyssa's not in the room, so I can't ask her. But in any case, they all look effectively identical and. They're exquisitely attractive, but about halfway through the show, I sort of realized I was doing this thing, which is beating off. <laughs> yeah, I managed to contain myself. There's, you know, each number has, there's some solo numbers, but each number has like nine women on the stage and they're, you know, moving around in these provocative ways. Mm-hmm. And they're so identical that my normal practice of sort of, evaluating which one is hottest and, you know, focusing on that one was completely neutralized. I couldn't decide, like I couldn't figure out who to focus on. And the experience was a little bit, I don't know, terrifying is not the right word, but it was just confusing. I couldn't choose someone. I couldn't, I, I could see, I could intellectualize that there's just this smorgasbord of, of beauty and opportunity in front of me, but I couldn't, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that intriguing or compelling. It was. It was a strange. Oh, it actually diminished it. It diminished it because there were too many, yes. uh, kind of high quality uh, uh, targets. Yes, I think the uh, excessive availability was a negative for me. It was strange. Well, okay. Okay. I mean, excessive availability like is often a negative for men. Like going to say a strip club. That and yeah. the the blank look in the performer's eyes. Followed by them coming down and asking if you want to dance, right. honey. 
Uh, right, but right, it's right. all, it's just, I mean, they just look, they're just a job. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, but you, yeah, you specifically detected something around, like you, if there had been more variety in the women's appearances, you think you would have enjoyed the show significantly more. I think so. Yeah. I huh. wonder if they were, if they threw in some less good looking people, if it, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was odd. I, I felt very strange leaving the theater. I talked to Alyssa. I was like, that made me feel really weird. It was, it was an experience. It was a feeling I'd never had before, which was just overstimulation, but total lack of response to said stimulation. It was, huh. it was weird. What did Alyssa think? I would imagine for a woman, it's kind of like, Hey, I could just see this by going in the women's locker room. Like, I think Alyssa, I mean, she enjoyed the the pomp and circumstance and, you know, getting dressed up and, you know, having a glass of champagne in this, you know, old Parisian theater. She liked that. She likes, um, she, she would probably identify as like 10% bisexual or something. And so she likes looking at women's bodies. Um, and she didn't, I think she just appreciated the artistry of it. I don't think the, the problem I was having, which is why am I not aroused by this? didn't really occur to her hmm. in the same yeah, way mean, it did it, to me. It might've been some sort of combination of like uh, a very heterosexual thing, which is seeing naked women with a very gay thing, which is a kind of musical stage show. So, yeah. so maybe you were, you're like, yeah. I, I'm not sure if I should, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure which direction to go, which way I swing here. Yeah. 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 Now the, the experience was just generally confusing. Hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, it was, I would recommend it because it was, it wasn't that expensive. Uh, I'm not going to say the price, but compared to the other two, we, I mentioned the Moulin Rouge and the Lido, it's half the price or whatever. And it's weird having a somewhat sexual experience that goes on an axis that I haven't seen before. So hmm. yeah. Uh, anyway. All right, let's move on. Um, I've been thinking about, as we get better tools for uh, orgasming solo, so better sex dolls, more content tailored to me using machine learning, these kinds of things. And if I somehow achieve the ability to have what I would self-report as a peak orgasm effectively whenever I would like, I'm wondering how... There's various interesting ways that that'll affect society, but I'm less interested in that in, in this for the sake of this conversation. I'm interested in how would my experience as a person change? Like, do you think you would become less driven to achieve anything if you could just have a peak orgasm without any effort whenever you liked? I mean, I, I think the answer to that's got to be yes. Like, I mean, I, there already is uh, people attribute, I mean, for example, in Japan, people attribute some sort of lack of motivation among younger men to yeah. uh, the availability of online content. I have to think that's true around the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, it would it, it's a primary motivation for men. Like, I think that women often misunderstand this. They think, oh, well, the guy wants to have family or whatever, which is true. It's not that that isn't true, but uh, those are more intellectual pursuits or like things where the guys has to talk themselves into it or see the 
the value proposition, whereas like the very direct one is this sort of visceral one for men. And if it were perfectly satisfied or nearly satisfied by technology, that would pose a real threat to a whole bunch of things. Do you think there's something that technology can't do? For example, is it the case that having a somewhat adversarial relationship with your partner is required to make sex maximally compelling? I I, I mean, honestly, I think for men, uh, the sad truth is, maybe not sad, but the reality is that uh, men are probably maximally aroused by like rotating the partner pretty frequently. So I'd, I'd be surprised if an adversarial relationship added a lot of value. Now you might say, yeah. oh, I really like this one partner, but that's probably because of their skill set, their the way you're attracted to them or whatever. And so then an algorithm would just have to produce uh, right. virtual partners that sort of match those things. Right. Yeah. I mean, the end game here is a hollow deck where the person behaves exactly as you would like. And so obviously in that case, but yeah, if there was some sort of like, I don't know. Oh, I think you want to seduce them. I think, I think, look, I think that if, I think the ideal for a guy is something like a holodeck. <laughs> I, I think the, uh, the holodeck, by the way, is like a thing from Star Trek, the next generation, probably other Star Trek yeah. things were basically, yeah, it's like this, who knows why it's built into the space, the ship. It makes no sense because <laughs> right. it obviously would like the, ca- however many holodecks they have, like the top ranking officers, like let's say they have five, then the top five officers would become like incapacitated by this thing. Right. <laughs> so anyway, right, right. They, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I have given this some thought. I think most uh, young men, when they did find out about the holodeck and Star Trek, are like, "Oh, let me. What would I do with that?" Um, and I think, right. yeah, the optimal the optimal thing would be something like, no, it wouldn't be exactly. Oh, I want exactly what I want to have happen. It would be you go to a party or a bar, and then there's some amount of serendipity. Yeah. And also, not every time would you score. Like if you scored every single time, it would be kind of not great. So you'd want to have that feeling. And I do think, uh, I think that men could do that like thousands of times in a row. The scenarios would change each time, but I think I think it would become extremely addictive. And guys would just be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the holodeck this evening." Now you can't do it all day, but it would it would occupy like four hours a day for every man. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I've promised for a long time for us to like tackle this topic about what sort of dystopia will emerge when these tools inevitably arrive, but let's still punt on that. Yeah. Um yeah, all right, let's let's get into some of these some of these Reddit topics. Just cuz yeah, we're halfway through here. Okay, this person says my boyfriend and I played with bondage and I am the luckiest woman alive. Uh, I'm going to read this because this person makes me feel confused about why I have a vision in my mind, why the average person who likes bondage likes bondage. And this person completely breaks that. So she says tonight, I told my boyfriend it would be really hot if we could do missionary, but with my hands cuffed under my back, I have a bondage set with a Velcro cuff and then a rope that goes down between my shoulder blades with two Velcro handcuffs at the bottom to basically restrain me with a bit of choking as I struggle and pull on the cuffs. We were getting ready to play, and I put the Velcro collar part on myself. He offered to do the cuffs because I can't. The entire time he was putting them on, he was asking if they were too tight, if the rope pulled on my throat too much, if I was comfy, etc. See where I'm going with this? And he gave me a deep shoulder massage to relax me. 
We eventually started having sex, me on my back, unable to move my hands. It was so hot and fun, and he reminded me before we began that the second I say stop, he would pull out and uncuff me. There was no need for me to say stop, wink. Afterwards, I was spent, laying there still tied up. He untied me and started massaging my body to relax. He asked if he hurt me in any way at all. I told him absolutely not. At worst, he hurt me in all the right ways. Wink. I feel so cared for, safe, and loved. Yeah, I saw that post. Um, I found it annoying. Yep. I thought the whole point of bondage was to feel a little bit out of control. And this doesn't seem to be that. Well, I mean, it's a, it's like a safe word, right? There's some, there's some amount that's good and there's some amount that's not good. And so you okay, don't know. It seems she, like for her, the amount that's good is zero. No, she yada yada over like a lot of what happened there. I mean, it, 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 the story very quickly went from he's making sure that she's fine to, uh, sorry, at the beginning, like, oh, or is it too tight or whatever? And then very, all of a sudden it jumps to. Um, Aftercare. You know, yeah, exactly. And so you don't, yes, presumably this would not be a compelling scene or scenario for her if, I assume, if it was just, if he was constantly, he's essentially like simping, I guess you'd call it. Maybe that's the wrong word for that. I don't know what the right word is for. Look, I know that people in the bondage community often talk about pre-care and aftercare and that sort of stuff. You don't want to have top drop. Not- What's top drop? <laughs> I just read something about this today. It's it's uh, if you if you're the top, right? So you're the you're yeah. the dominant, and then yeah, and I think I've experienced this before. That's why I was like, oh yeah, I guess I have. But it, to me, it's just anyway. You you're to the top, and then after you nut, you're just like, why did I do all these things? So you need like the right. aftercare for somebody to reassure right. you that oh no, you know what it was? There was a woman where the guy wanted to give her a facial and he just spewed all over her face. And then, um, okay. And then, uh, he was like bummed out that he did that. He felt like a bad person afterward and they called that top drop now. And then there was this whole conversation about like how men's semen is stigmatized, which it probably should be, um, for various <laughs> reasons. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, or else you have Louis C.K. masturbating into a plant in front of somebody and saying, "Oh, I thought they didn't mind." Yeah, it's, right. I mean, it there's, be there's a reason it's it's mentioned in men <laughs> spilling their seed is mentioned in the first book of the Bible. Like, people for a mm-hmm. long time have been trying to stigmatize this this substance. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she was like, "Oh, I loved it," and all this kind of stuff. And he was so that's a top drop, right? He's he's you know okay, yeah, okay. Well, uh, yeah, but. In this case, this would be a bottom rise. She's comforted by how gentle he is uh, yeah. in the before and after. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I guess what you're speculating is, well, she's written about this in a way that's only talking about the kindness he exposed to her. But there may have been some playing around the edge of feeling a loss of control that is not described in her post. Yeah. I mean, the thing I didn't get about it is I didn't fully understand where the ropes went. It was something kind of strange about going down her back. It's she's like kind of handcuffed, yeah. not handcuffed, but it's like restrained like a policeman would the way that, uh, yeah. you've been out of the country. I can explain but, um, if you like. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I know what you're going to say here. Go ahead. Go ahead. What am I going to say? You're going to talk about AOC. What, what did AOC do? <laughs> uh, 
Well, there, there's some debate about, so she was arrested in front of the Supreme Court and there's some debate about whether she pretended to be handcuffed or not. This, yeah. this is what you're referring to. I know this is what you're referring to. It is. She was conducting what an I insurrection read, at the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pro AOC uh, point of view is that whenever you are arrested, regardless of whether you are handcuffed, you should put your hands behind your back because that shows deference to the cops and stops the situation, stops the situation from escalating. Yeah. But she, then she waved to people a couple times. So yeah, yeah well, it's okay. So, I don't okay. So want to touch anyway, with it, with an 80 foot pole, uh, <laughs> let me describe to you the, the, the bondage thing that, that she set up. So, okay. uh, it's a collar. This is what I believe it is. It's a collar that goes around your neck and in the back of the collar, there's a hoop. So on the back of your neck and the hoop attaches to some sort of string. And then the string goes down to some handcuffs. In this case, it sounded like they were Velcro that pin your arms behind your back. And if you struggle, it sort of pulls on the collar a bit. And so it can cause some light choking as she described. Okay. I think so that's if I what were, she's talking about. If I were a woman and I wanted to get railed, I like the term railed. I think it comes from uh, a video sure. game. Anyway, uh, it doesn't come from a video game, <laughs> sure, but that's what I like to imagine from, from a video game. If I was getting from, railed, I wouldn't want to have my hands behind my back like that because it's sort of uncomfortable. I'd want to have them over my head attached to like the headboard, right? Because mm. it's like in either case, you're basically stopping yourself from pushing the person away or embracing them. But if they're behind your back, like he's going to put his weight on you. Well, first of all, your shoulders could get like dislocated. And secondly, like your hands are now in this kind of uncomfortable position trapped behind your back. And I I don't, anyway, when I've done this, which was a long time ago, Uh it wasn't like this. It was the other one with the, the hands on the, uh, the headboard. I actually tried also being the person restrained, but, but it was, was very boring. Because it turns out there's yeah. not that much a woman can do to you. <laughs> like it right. was like, it was like, now what? And I was right. like, oh, that's true. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, setting aside that a little bit of physical pain and loss of control and discomfort is part of the bondage play for some people. I agree that if the only thing you're trying to achieve is restraint, I don't want to be doing a yoga pose or worrying about tearing my rotator cuff because of some sort of elaborate setup. I, I would rather just for have the, the for the guy re- one of the things, be restraining me instead of yeah. risking permanent injury. One of the feedbacks I would give to guys about this stuff is like, <clears throat> so you get it all tied up, but see, I think a lot of times men want to change the position because like they kind of groove in the feeling of their cock in a certain angle yeah. in that, in that pussy, that pussy. Yeah. And uh, so you want to kind of switch that angle. And then it requires, I mean, now you have to untie a bunch of knots, do a bunch of things like that to change the position to get that different sensation. And so, like, it could delay your orgasm, could lower the intensity. I don't know. But for the woman, I guess, you know, she's, she's finding it very compelling. So that's fine. You know? Yeah. 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 I guess for the mathematicians at home, men want the second, third, and fourth derivatives of their penis position to be uh, nonlinear. Uh, Let's move on. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Okay. Let's get into this. I found like three posts that, uh, 
were on the front page over the last month in the sex subreddit, and they all relate to vagina smell. Oh, no. Uh, so I think we should get into it. I think, actually, oh, I think this first one has to this, do with it, vagina wait, look. Is, is one of them going to be the thing? Okay, I was going to bring this up with you. It's very uh-huh. fortuitous. This is coming up. So there's a word uh-huh. that I found, and I put it in my phone, and I'm going to get it for you. But basically, <laughs> I found this on, I got this on TikTok, just so you know. So you know it's true. You know it's like true, and it's really, no, maybe I didn't put it in my phone. Shit. There's a word for a woman. I think it's like vapping, V-A-P-P-I-N-G maybe. Uh-huh. I think that's right, actually. Uh, a woman taking her vaginal fluids and putting them like for like perfume on her on herself so the men become more attracted to her. Is that going to be one of the topics? No, but let's uh, let's let's talk about that for a moment. Okay, they uh, okay. Oh, I texted it to you. Let me try to st- steal man. You did. Like, let me try to steal man the case for for such an activity. First, let me describe it. Okay, a woman takes her own lubrication or discharge. Is there a difference? I mean, I assume they smell around the same. I don't. I'm not. I actually don't have the expertise to be sure about the. I'm assuming that the lubrication would be more watery. Oh wait, you seem I to have I would some... expect them to have different chemical I would expect them to have different chemical properties and importantly different pheromone levels, but hmm. for the sake of argument let, let's let's move on past that. All right, so they they take some sort of substance from their from their vagina and they rub it behind their ears. Well, it's just and like a perfume, is it, I, you know. Is it supposed to be enough to be detectable or they're supposed to be is supposed to be enough to like have the pheromones be more easily smelled or I don't think unclear. it's supposed to be detectable. I think it's supposed to be subconscious. It's like a pheromone, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's I see. I don't uh, know. I don't know if that would work on me. I think I would to the to the extent I would notice it, I would just notice that there's some slightly off thing about the way this person smells. But Maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive here. Maybe the pheromones could seduce Vabbing, me. In a- V-A-B-B-I-N-G. And let me read you the Urban Dictionary okay. definition because we know yeah, that, that will be extremely accurate. So not vapping uh-huh. actually apparently is the female version of fapping. So I, okay. the P. Okay. A new yeah, TikTok yawn. trend. A new TikTok trend where women take their discharge. So it's discharge. <laughs> they're very specific on that. And put it behind their ears or on their neck in an attempt to make someone fall in love with them. Or to get laid. <laughs> I think there are other things sure, women could do okay. to get that second one done. Yeah. Yeah. Just exist. Uh, how, what is a TikTok trend? Like, what are people doing Seriously? on TikTok with regards to this thing? Are they, I mean, they can't show it on camera, obviously. I guess yeah, they, they could. Just, they just can't pan down. You just yeah, see just them talking about go it. like this behind their ears. Right. I see. And if women no, reported n- success? The video I saw was just a woman talking about it. And she said, she said, I'm just telling people about this new trend and it's putting your insides on your outsides was the way she described it. Because of course, TikTok is highly (laughs) moderated. She couldn't. Everything has to be euphemistic. Okay. I I think it might work. I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, you're the one who claimed famously or infamously that you thought you could smell which women were aroused or if a woman was aroused just by like being near her in a bar. And so like, yeah, I mean, this yeah. would just be her being a little more explicit with that. 
Yes. I think that there have been times when I could smell a woman's uh, privates uh, out in the wild. Yeah, I guess. Look, okay. Let's, let's, let's be scientific about this for a moment. If a woman was, you know, quote unquote, dripping wet and swiped down there and wiped it on her neck or her ears, I am sure that I could detect this, right? Do you agree? I'm not sure I could, but I I think you could because you also can detect it through her underwear. So yes, I think you probably could. Come on. Let's say a woman, all right, fine. Let's say a woman is uh, still dripping wet as before, and you are now two feet away from her naked body. Can you smell it in this circumstance? No. No, I, I think I would, I like, mm. yeah, most of my, I mean, if it's on my fingers, say I can yeah. smell it, but only, I think my fingers have to be within six inches of my nose or maybe three inches for me to really, I mean, yeah. If it's dry, sure. But we're talking about <laughs> active evaporation going on. <laughs> that I don't know. I don't, I just don't look, I don't think that I, um, I prefer a woman's vagina to be a little drier during intercourse. So I don't like to get them that excited. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the answer right. to this. I don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. We, we got to move on to the, to the yes. larger zoomed out conversation about uh vagina look because okay. yeah, we got, we got, we got three to get to here. All right. This person says, overheard boyfriend talk shit about my privates to his friend. Me, 23-year-old female, and my boyfriend, 26-year-old male, have been together for a few months now, and we spend most days staying at each other's place. Last night, we had sex for the first time. It went really well, or at least I thought so. Today, when I went out for my routine walk, I started feeling dizzy, so I came back early. I don't know what that's about, but moving on. And when I walked in, I found him talking on the phone. That was when I heard him say he didn't ever want to fuck me again, and how hard it was for him to get it up as my quote, dark pussy, unquote, and brown butthole turned him off. He then proceeded to say that even the thought of eating me out disgusts him and that he should have thought about this before dating a brown person. I do have really dark privates as compared to my skin tone, and I'm really insecure about it. It is partly the reason why I waited so long to have sex with him. But I just can't believe he said that. And I can't even look at him now. I just pretend that I never heard that. I know that that was very immature of him, but I'm too embarrassed to even confront him. What do I do now? I forgot to mention that he has indeed initiated sex this morning, but I made an excuse. This is what confuses me the most. Okay. That last part doesn't matter. So he told his friends. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So this is, I mean, this to me is, there's something wrong with this because he tried to initiate. So I I have a feeling that he has a, to put it bluntly, like a racist friend who he's uh, trying to play. I actually had an experience with this as well in my life uh, when I was dating a a black woman and I had a friend like who, like, this, like, like what, no, no, no. what, what, like, what, what, just like the phone with call the dark, part. With the, no, 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 there was, oh, I, I, had no, I, I had no problem with the looks of her body or anything like that. It was just the, uh, friend who wanted me to say something negative about her. And it was obvious that he was wanting me to do that for racial reasons. And right. was, I was right. very young and I didn't, but it was uncomfortable and I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I also didn't tell him to go shove it. Right. I kind of was like, Oh yeah. You know? Right. 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 So that right. could be yeah, what's going would, on here. You towed a difficult line there. Uh, yeah, it could be, it could be, I don't <laughs> look, it is true that women often have 
uh, coloration around their labia that is darker than the rest of their skin tone. This is exacerbated by having initially dark skin. And uh, <clears throat> I can imagine someone being not a fan of that. But I think this is like our conversation about labia. I think most people just don't care. They might care a little bit, but by the time you're down there, I don't think anyone really cares. So the lady on TikTok who used to be obsessed with, um, because her about with, with explaining the anatomy of clitorises to people has moved on. Right. She's this black haired lady. People can find her on there if they want. I, I'm sure it's quite easy to find. I don't know her username. She was absolutely obsessed with this. She, she was very proud of herself for getting the anatomy of the clitoris according to her, put into anatomy textbooks. I'm a little skeptical, but we, okay. Anyway, she's moved on to wanting to reassure women that large labia are cool. And in fact, she has all this data, statistics she quotes and so forth to say that when men are polled, they prefer larger no. labia. No. Hang on. Okay. No. Hang on. And, uh, and that, okay. uh, I'm going to, I want to say two more things and that, uh, uh, when men, did a well, they did a poll for who had the most attractive vagina or vulva that a woman a porn star with a with um larger labia one let me say the one more thing i actually agree with this and i agree and i actually think that men like women with more colored color like more coloration in their vulva and the reason why is because it goes back to my belief that what men really want look a man can see a woman in a bathing suit all, any day he wants. He can just go to the pool and see her. What he wants is when she takes that bathing suit off to have it be something like where he's like, aha, like I saw something, something sensationally different. Yeah. Right? He wants to like see, he wants to really like get in there. And so like if, the, if it's totally boring, it's like, well, I mean, it's kind of cute and attractive in certain ways, but like when it's something that like, yeah, she's been hiding this thing from everyone else. And then you're the one who sees it. Like that feels very penetrative, very, uh, aggressive. Okay. But go on to give the counter, the counter here. A few responses here. So the first is I do like when I'm at the beach or a pool and I look at a girl's bikini line and I can see maybe some, you know, stubble or, you know, hints of pubic hair around that line. And so I understand what you're saying about wanting to see something, wanting to catch something. Yes. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I'd, I guess I would need to see the methodology for this for this survey. Uh, it's tricky. You would need to show what would you need to do? You would need to show a bunch of vaginas with different size labia, all from different angles, and then do controls of like all the different angles somehow. And I'm sure the study wasn't done in a way that was perfectly scientific. I think men prefer less labia, less di discoloration. I think I just think it depends. So I think we've agreed before that if the question is which is more attractive, then like from yeah. a beauty standpoint, then it's very clear. Just like the 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 dancers at the cabaret where they have all the same like perfect shaped nipple or whatever. There's a similar yeah. standard of beauty. However, yeah, there's this other axis that men operate on, which is the sort of like yeah, wanting to deflower things access and like yeah i mean look like the guy when he when you get in there uh there's going to be some you know the interior of her vagina has a, a look that's not beautiful in any sort of it's like the interior of your mouth right i mean it's like 
pretty hardcore yeah. in there. And so guys, and I think guys like that. It's like a, it's like a, why guys like uh subreddits, like lips that lips that grip where it's like these women get their vaginas like slightly turned inside out probably by having sex with dildos while purposely not being very lubricated and guys find that compelling. So, I mean, so there's that, like, I, I don't, there's, there's what's beautiful, but then there's like what turns a guy on and like having some crazy shit in there is a try, you know, right. you don't, you don't, for you, it's not a turn on. You'd rather it be like just a slit. It's the, the beauty. I don't is, know. I don't think, I mean, once a woman's underwear is off, I don't think my brain is doing much further vetting for attractiveness. I've already <laughs> decided that I want to be there in that situation. I don't think there's much negative that can occur. I mean, maybe, and this is you know potentially cultural, but maybe if they had like an enormous bush, I would be mildly confused, turned off. But I don't. Yeah, it wouldn't stop me from advancing the proceedings. Um, yeah. All right. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to the next one. Okay. This is going to be a segue to the vagina smell topic, but okay. This person says, uh, platonic friend wants to give me platonic blowjobs. I'm not sure if it's a good idea. I might be the biggest idiot in the world or not. You tell me I 21 male have been friends with this girl, 22 females since we met in college. She's physically attractive, but also out of my league. So I never entertain the idea of pursuing a relationship. Last week we were texting and she told me that she'd like to give me platonic blowjobs on a regular basis. Naturally, I thought it was a typo, but she repeated that she wants to give me oral a few times a week. I asked her if this is some sort of social experiment. She said no. She said that I'm a quiet guy and that she just wants to make me moan. This was baffling because the guys she tends to hook up with are nothing like me, so I don't see how she sees my quietness as attractive. I asked her why she'd want to do this with me. We had a discussion that left me overwhelmed and flustered. And I'm not, and I'm even more confused when it comes to her intentions. She made it clear that she's not interested in getting naked or having sex with me. She just wants to give head. There are several problems. First, I have very little sexual experience. I think she'll find that a massive turnoff. Second, I wouldn't last long at all. And that would be mortifying. Third, it feels weirdly wrong to treat her like that. I'm feeling conflicted. So, uh, well, the third one makes me angry. Yeah. What was the third one again? That he, it's wrong to treat her like that. I mean, he's not, she's asking. Oh, yeah. For that. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously, this girl is very attracted to him because right. despite his like complete meekness and at every turn, she's still maximally pursuing him. The thing he okay, needs to be aware of is an, it's not going to last very long, but go on. Yeah. He posts an update. Well, it happened sooner than I anticipated and it went a lot worse than I anticipated. There's not much to say. I came without her even touching me. Uh, when she saw me naked, she said, congratulations on my beautiful dick. Then she said, I look delicious and that I'm all hers. It was already hard and that was enough to send me over the, age, over the edge. It was mortifying. So I came instantly and kept saying sorry. She told me to stop saying sorry. I apologized <laughs> for saying sorry. Then she offered to lick me clean, which I declined because I felt shitty. I got up and my legs were so shaky that I tripped and fell and hit my head pretty badly. She wanted to help me back up, but then my, my cat came and pounced on her. Afterwards, she told me I did well on my first time and that we can take things slow. To be completely honest, I'm convinced that she thinks I'm a complete idiot and that she's just trying to spare my feelings. I think I fucked up entirely. Okay. The initial reason why I brought this up was, I mean, it seems like there's nothing that this man can do to make her not be attracted to him. Like he's been as absolutely beta as possible at every turn. 
and she's still sort of pursuing him. And I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, she's just like fetishizing him. That's that was sort of my point. Is that like he, she's just gonna she's just gonna move on. She's like she has some. I did. The, I mean, did, I did this one time. I had I had a young lady that I sort of fetishized like that and pursued and pursued and pursued, even though I I honestly was not attracted to her, and I was successful. And it was kind of like, huh? It, it's like great. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. Like yeah, it was the, fine. What's What's the analogy when the dog catches the car that he was chasing? Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it just wasn't great. And I think, you know, we had some kind of a relationship briefly, and then she remained more interested in me than her because I had spent so much time pursuing her, which was sort of troubling. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I just think like there's some kind of a fetish or whatever. She's like fetishized him in some way, and. uh yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like the little Three Stooges show of him tripping and yeah. all over himself. I'm imagining him <laughs> and like her wanting to lick it up. It's like, all right, it sounds honestly like she's a guy. Like I could see a guy doing this, uh, like if in a gay situation, you know, being like, oh, yeah, I just want to blow you. Now I'll do all these things with your cock. Like it's not this is really uncommon behavior for a woman. Right. Yeah, it sounded pretty uncommon to me too. I don't exactly understand what's going on, but it got me to thinking, is there, (laughs) is there something like this just seemed like this man made a mistake at every turn. And I would expect her to nope out of this situation, but she didn't. Is there something that a woman can do that once you've identified her as attractive can immediately shove that to zero. Yes. Uh, she would go to the restroom and urinate and then use toilet paper, but not get all of it off the labia <laughs> and then come back. Yes. 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 And then we'll uh, have sex. Right. Uh, you, are you asking what, what would work on me? <laughs> yes. Cause that's an example yes. for you. Uh, okay. Right. Um, yeah. I mean like, it was well, gross, I mean, man. I, it's not my fault. You're trying to segue to vaginal odor here. So that would be like some sort of a hygiene issue would be a a clear problem. Uh, Something involving her having sex with lots of different men would be challenging. Yeah. I'm not sure how that would be obvious. Uh, Well, how it would be physically obvious. She could tell you, or you could have that situation I had that I described with like the, the, the meeting of the three men and the guy being like, I was first, I was first. And the other two guys being like, great, man, that's good for you. Uh, so the, the other right. men could tell you as well. Um, yeah. I mean, there's probably other. Yeah. Okay. I guess those all. Yeah, fine. All right, fine. Let's just get to the pussy small thing. I've been beating around the yeah, that's right. bush here for too long. Why am I offended that my partner refused to have sex with me because my pussy smells? Today, me, female 22, and my partner, male 27, were about to do a quickie in the house before finishing our chores, so we were fast. He was turned on. Then when he opened my legs, he put his dick on my vagina, but he grew soft immediately. He then proceeded to say that my vagina smells like milk and rotten eggs. (laughs) He asked if my period was coming soon, and I said yes, so he figured it might be the shifts in hormones, etc. Because of him going limp so fast, I reacted in a negative way. My mood instantly dropped. My partner said, why are you mad? Did you not ask me to be honest with you? Part of me appreciates his honesty, but another part of me feels embarrassed and unwanted. He also said that the smell turned him off and that if I was any other girl, he wouldn't have even kept his part on mine. (laughs) Right now we're in bed, but we aren't cuddling like we usually do. And we're barely talking. I'm sad. What should I do? 
Get rid of uh, that smell. Yes. Okay. Let me read one other topic here and then we'll roll our sleeves up and get into it. This person says, pussy smell rant. Not sure if this is okay to post here, but I have something to say. I still sleep with my ex and he decided to tell me that my bus- that my pussy smells and it's a turnoff. I shower before sex every time and I have good hygiene. What is with this culture of men expecting pussy to smell like water all the time because they heard it in some rap song? A woman's vagina has a natural pH balance. As that changes throughout her cycle, she may experience different smell tastes. Diet has something to do with it too, so maybe I need to eat more fruit, but my pussy smells like a vagina should. Sorry if it doesn't smell like water 24-7. As long as she doesn't smell rotten or extremely fishy, it's normal. Am I the only one dealing with this? I smell her and she currently smells like vagina. Her must be what she calls her vagina. She tastes fine, maybe a little tangy, but not bad. And before I get the use a douche comments, ladies, please do your research or speak to your gynecologist, the one who went to school for years studying vagina. It will tell you douches are terrible for the natural ecosystem in your vagina. Just wanted to see if I'm the only woman dealing with this and wondering if all men are thinking the same or if it's just him. That is all. Thanks, Reddit. Okay, Mike, here's what I want to know. What is the variance in pussy smell individually and across all women? Can a woman know where she falls on that spectrum? And can a woman do anything to materially move her position on that spectrum? Does the does that make does that setup make sense? Yeah, I mean, obviously she would know for her where she is, right? So she would know that there's if some she's potential. if she's using her fingers as a dipstick and trying every day, sure. Well, or just I mean, there could be something around like going to the gym or something and like knowing that there's some kind of sweaty odor that that takes place. Uh, I mean, you told me 20 minutes ago that even two feet away from a vagina, you can't smell it. Uh, a typical, typically, however, if there was something like <laughs> some kind of a, uh, gym related or like <clears throat> some sort of a problematic situation, I think, look, I'm not look. Okay. By analogy here, like, let's say we, I was in the dog with a woman and uh-huh. she had some poop going on around her ass. Like I could smell that. So it's not that I have no ability yeah. to detect odors. And I think that in the same way, and okay, actually so I wait, have, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Is your position that absent some sort of uh, extra event, all vaginas smell roughly fine? Yeah, I think so. I think that is my position too, but I am not sure. I, I don't know. Okay. It, well, I've so, never run into a vagina that was like, ah, actually, that's not true. Yeah. I've I've run into a couple vaginas that like really were rancid, stinkier than others. I see. And 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 you mean like you you had enough exposure to them to the know that it was like not something specific on that day or in that occasion. Uh, one of these people I had sex with twice, and it was both times, and it was. <laughs> It was enough to play a factor in my ghosting her. The other was uh, someone that I, yeah, I was with for a number of sexual encounters. And I think it, it was, never changed. Yeah. It wasn't some sort of, I mean, I guess it could have been a long term. It's not like we were together for, for years. So it could have been some sort of temporary, but on the order of, of months, not days affliction. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. There could be some like dietary habit that would play a role. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what or how, uh, and to, yeah, to move on that spectrum. I mean, it's probably, yeah, there probably are health related things that a person could do to, 
to yeah, you got to think that it's there's some relationship between this and the claims made about male semen, like smoking being bad, for example, excessive drinking, things like that. Uh, so it yeah. seems likely. Yeah. There could be other analogies, though. Like I think many people I've been in Europe for about a month and a half now have wildly disparate body odors. Uh, some people can get away with not wearing deodorant. Uh, apparently, all Europeans think this is the case. Uh, sure. Some of them cannot get away with not wearing deodorant. And uh, the ones who can get away with it, fine, they should do whatever they want. But there's enough variance there that there's big differences. And I don't know if vaginas are like that or not. I haven't done enough study. It seems likely that there might be some sort of ethnic-related or diet-related differences in spicy. What's spicy? I'm not going to touch the ethnic part, but I can imagine that there's uh, diet-related things. Well, not that it would be good or bad. It just might be different in a way that like would be detectable and surprising or something. Fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's say. Are, do you think there's something that a woman can do about it? Like uh, people can wear deodorant if they want to address their body odor. Is there something? I mean, that, I think you could. I mean, there are things. There, there are obvious things like um, yeast infection, stop smoking, or whatever. Bacterial it is, yeah. vaginosis. Well, there's actually like you know, medical conditions you might have that like cause some problem. There might be some health related things. There's obviously like bathing uh, a reasonable amount and sort of. Yeah, like trying to remove cruft uh, from the area. But beyond that, there probably isn't actually that much you can do. You're probably screwed. What does a douche do? Well, it's like, you know, it's like an enema, but for your vagina. Is there something that like sprays water up there with some sort of pressure? Yeah, that's what a douche is. I mean, you could also put some chemicals in it, which is a thing people say not to do. Okay. And the expected result is it removes some sort of something undesirable from inside of you. I see. Well, I mean, like, consider this, like if I eat uh, spicy Indian food, I can detect the smell of the curry in my pee. Have you had that experience? Yes. Okay. So when a woman pees, the urine goes all like kind of irrigates her, her vulva, right? So right there is an example of a thing where you just immediately would have uh, some impact. And I mean, yeah, I've never done like a smell test on, well, I mean, uh, asparagus would be relevant, right? Actually, it's an interesting question. I mean, do do women avoid asparagus when they're going to have sex? They probably should. I don't know if asparagus affects other discharged fluids the way it does urine. I'm not sure. But you understand it doesn't matter because the urine- there's when a woman pees, urine like residue. Yeah, unless yeah. she showers right before sex, and even then there could be residue remaining. So yeah. it's sort of tricky. Uh, a man could have the same issue. It's just that like women don't, don't get that surprise until m- more fluid comes. You know, like <laughs> I wonder if asparagus affects the taste as much as it affects the smell. I've never <laughs> sampled. Everything right, exactly. equal you're in, uh, exactly. in the past. So yeah, I can't, can't say. Yeah. I mean, I like my, one of my, yeah, one of my base things there is I think I suspect that some of the odors that people are talking about actually do on a woman do come from urine 
And I also, I should say, I sure. also, no joke, think that uh, a significant percentage of the bad tasting semen for men is because there's like a backup of urine from the last time they peed and then it gets pushed out with the semen. And fine. The woman's fine. basically getting that. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with both of those things. I guess I just want to know, I would love the following scientific study. You take a hundred men or something and you have them taste the same, the same, you get a bunch of women and you have them taste the same women over the court, the same woman over the course of a month. And they do various things with their diet and exercise. And obviously they'll be in different parts of their menstrual cycle. And I would like to know, yeah. And then they score the taste of their vagina. And I would like to know if there's some sort of very typical average with very low variance or uh, yeah, I want to know the shape of these graphs for a single woman and across women. And I don't have very good intuition for this. I, to the extent I do have intuition, I would guess they coalesce around some sort of mean, but I'm just not sure. I don't know if this, if the woman in this post is right to be so indignant that a man doesn't like the way her vagina smells. Maybe she's, maybe she does have a smelly vagina. Maybe that is a thing that, and she can't really control it. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Occam's razor here is that she has some sort of hygiene issue or medical issue. Yeah. It could also be that her partner's immature, but yeah. Could be. It could be that he has like no exposure. So therefore doesn't have any idea. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone over time here. So that's enough for episode 76 of Your Mileage May Vary. Thanks to you, our intrepid listeners, for your time. Thanks to Mike for his time. And a special thanks to me for my time. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope to have you back next week for more critical discussions on Your Mileage May Vary. Je me retiens. Non, Hans, non.